0: The best team in the NBA. The first team to 30 wins in the NBA. That's right, Jamsters. It's your Phoenix Suns as they defeat the Los Angeles Clippers, a.k.a. the Los Angeles former Phoenix Suns from 2015 with Eric Bledsoe and one of the Mori twins. I I still don't know which one it is. I'm pretty sure it was Marcus. But they defeat the Clippers on TNT. And move to 30-8 and overall, Matthew. Uh, Best team in the NBA. We are once again holding that moniker. And you know what? It's a nice thing to say. So I said it.
1: Yeah, it's very nice. Especially with the All-Star game coming out. Coming up soon. And then the uh, basically the fan voting. The first draw just came out today. So, (laughs) you know, it helps. If you have the best team in the NBA, it's going to help that voting, I think. So uh, that's a good reason to have... Your team be the best. Well, <laughs> you, know, you know, great great analysis. Brought to you. You goodbye. know what? I am Not so I'm still the worst at starting these podcasts. Like, I've never been good. like anytime you ask me anything and I come on here, I think I know what I'm gonna say, and I just stumble through it, no matter what. It's always want, like this. You want
0: some some advice? I'll help you out, bud. Write What's down a advice? couple things. Write down like one I don't point know where you're gonna next. go. I don't know yeah, where you're but, gonna go, but but see the beautiful thing is you just you wordsmith it and you just turn it right around. You, you know I could sit like, hey man, the Suns are the best team in the NBA, and you're like, yeah man, and Devin Booker had a hard time shooting tonight, didn't he? You know I mean, mm, who cares? It's okay. just you know. Little, right, let's restart this. All right, let's, let's start the then. pod now. Now, now are okay. right, you ready to go live? Let's oh, go shit, live. We've been three, live for two, two minutes one. now. Okay. <laughs> but, <laughs> But, uh, no, I thought that was really interesting though. Yes, they did release the first round of fan voting for the all-star game. And of course you see clay Thompson has more fan votes than, uh, Devin Booker does. And in the end of the day, I, I don't care. Uh, Devin Booker will be an all-star. This team is the best team in the NBA. We should have two all-stars. We should have three all-stars, but unfortunately with DeAndre Ayton missing as much time as he has thus far this year, I don't foresee that happening. Uh, And I'm not going to sit here and say, hey, everybody, hashtag NBA All-Star, hashtag Devin Booker. Like, let's get him in because it's rigged, right, Matthew?
1: It is rigged. It does not matter. But keep voting. It looks good to get those numbers up but in the end i don't think it really matters yeah i'm sorry
0: and again it's only one-third of the vote the other two-thirds is the coaches and the players and i think that they all know that devin big dick booker is needs to make an appearance (laughs) in cleveland here in uh just over a month so uh on that note jamsters again welcome to the sun's jam session podcast the best post-game podcast on planet orange we appreciate you taking the time after this game to watch along live whether it's on facebook youtube or twitter and if you happen to be watching along live please hit that thumbs up button on the youtube hit the subscribe button hit the bell notification and it'll give you a little little reminder on the phone ski here a little reminder let's see this is a you want to see my background now? I did the, all those neon logos. It. Yeah,
1: yeah, those are killer, man. Thanks, so man. So I... when are you going to be using those on the pod? Is it, is it something next like, season, next year? Okay, <laughs> next cool. season. It'll be yeah. here before you know it. So
0: I just I got bored and I started making neon. I, I did it with the Suns. So I was like, that's kind of cool. Mm. And I I have all the NBA logos vector based on Adobe Illustrator because I make all the pod title stuff for our podcast. I'm like. I'm bored. Let's go. And next thing you know, I had them all. So I think I'm going to do the NFL ones next. So just futuristic. Cause... Love it. Yes. I, just, I love neon stuff. So uh, if you're <laughs> listening to the pod, if you're okay. listening to the pod, please subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Uh five-star review on uh, Apple podcasts is much appreciated. And a five-star, if you just click the five stars, they don't let you review on Spotify, mm-hmm. but if you go onto Spotify, you can hit the five. So uh, on that note, Matthew, what we cracking open here, listen, uh, I don't have a beer. I have a Red Bull for the crack sound, but I ain't drinking this because it's like. All right. Super it's late. super late and I
1: have nothing. <laughs> I let everybody down. I just have a glass of water tonight. Well, here. I'll Bain's crack Bain's this it.
0: open for us. No there Look at is. that. The old Aaron Baines one. That's a nice yeah, one. So dude. Let's crack it. <laughs> <laughs> Not drinking Ooh, that. That's a muffle. huh? <laughs> it was. Well, it's I got this. Away. <laughs> I Throw oh, that thing away. <laughs> let's talk about this victory. Over the Los Angeles Clippers, Jamsters. Your Phoenix Suns defeat the Los Angeles Clippers by a final score of one oh six to eighty nine. That's right. They held the Paul Georgeless and Kawhi Leonardless Clippers to under hundred points. How they held them under ninety points, but still. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I gotta ask. We hate the
1: Lakers. Why don't we hate the Clippers? Because of the Clipper, you have to feel sorry for the Clippers, honestly. And plus, they get players like, but Paul George, a lot of. A lot of fans really don't hate that player. Kawhi Leonard, a lot of fans really don't hate that player. It seems like the Lakers always have that player everyone hates. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, you can go through all of them. And the Clippers have never won, right? So there's that kind of, a little bit of sympathy from fans, Phoenix fans, and I think other fans around the league where, you know, in the end, they're not going to win it all. So why would you root against them? Why would you hate them so much? Of course, they gave us a little bit of trouble last year in the playoffs, but in the end man you don't hate this team
0: yeah you know this is i, I was thinking about it because as the tnt broadcast began because that's where i watched the game tonight because again i'm on the road Me so too. i'm not gonna get, yeah, not gonna get the too. local so cool. you know they they talk about how this is a team that we played in the western conference finals last year right and you mm-hmm. think that if this is a team that we played in the western conference finals if this is a team that we uh beat in six games and it's a team full of players that we don't necessarily like as Suns fans. Am I right? You know, you got Marcus Well, I just Morris. said that we,
1: we did kind of. Oh, yeah. yeah I forgot about those players. There Eric you go.
0: Bledsoe. I mean, yep. so they, ha- they have some guys who, I don't know if you heard it tonight, but got booed plenty. Eric Bledsoe got booed plenty. Marcus Morris got booed plenty. And kudos to every one of the Phoenix Suns fans at the Footprint Center tonight who did so, not because I'm a fan of booing players. But because I'm a fan of educated, smart fans, and that just shows how many people are inside that arena still hold on to the memory of what those guys did to us, you know, six years ago, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, this no, is something you, that they yeah.
0: should be they should be over, right?
1: Yeah, yeah you're, you're totally right. And the thing is, Bledsoe, you know, if he would have stuck it out with the Suns, maybe things would have been different for him and in the franchise. But I'm so glad he asked out just because I didn't want him on that team at that time. By the time he was like, I don't want to be here. It was fine. He did us a favor because we we got the point guard. Now, we would have had to deal with Bledsoe for how long if we were oh, actually God. a decent team? Like, I, I can't even stand to watch him on the other team. Like, even when he shoots a jump shot, a mid-range, anything, a three-point, I just think it's not going to go in. I don't think the guy has really any game left in him, honestly. Even maybe pack a backup point guard is pretty decent, but nowadays, you know, I'm, I'm I'm glad we moved on from him a long time ago.
0: But again, so many fans in the arena remembered who he was and how he exited, mm-hmm. and how ha- and how Marcus Morris exited, and they reminded those players. It's like, hey, we still. You know, have some disdain for the way that you left this franchise in shambles because when when both of them left, the reputation for the Phoenix Suns was hurt. Let's not let's not be uh, uncandid about that. I mean, that's exactly Mm -hmm. what occurred when when Marcus Morris and Markeith Morris left, they trashed everybody on the way out, including John Gambadoro. When Eric Bledsoe left and we got Greg Monroe out of the, you know, the the transaction, we were. Again, looked at as a as a non destination for anybody, and it took us uh, quite some time, you know, until the bubble in 2020 to re to rebound from that. So, uh, you know, kudos to those Phoenix Suns fans for reminding that. And, and trust me, like I I hold that dear to my heart. Every time I watch those guys, I have a little bit of disdain, and and I know it's a late it's an old take, if you will, but Bledsoe will always drive me crazy because he's a guy who drives to mm-hmm. the hoop with no understanding or cerebral cerebralness about him because mm-hmm. he just drives with like, I'm going to put the ball up. And once there's a wall, he doesn't know what to do. He jumps up in the air and you, you can see him searching to throw. And he did like
1: twice tonight. <laughs> yeah. When you lose that athleticism, that's the one thing he had, right? The mini LeBron, he had yes. the athleticism to get to the rim and, you know, make a mess of the defense sometimes. But when you lose that, it's, it's pretty much, it's not over, but he, he just can't do much else.
0: And I've talked enough about Eric Bledsoe tonight. Let's talk about the point guard who started on our team tonight. The point yes. God, Chris Paul. Chris Paul has played in a hundred or I'm sorry, one thousand one hundred and twenty-seven regular season games. You add in 129 playoff games. Tonight, against the Clippers, against his old team, he set a career high with 13 rebounds. 14 points, 10 assists, 13 rebounds, and four of those assists came in the last five minutes of the game when the when the uh, the Los Angeles Clippers got the score 85 to 80. Right. They got yeah. within five yep. points. You're like, okay, this is getting interesting, you know, again, and I'm not going to go into word, were, were you worried, Matthew, because I don't think any of us necessarily were. It's like, how are we going to get out of this mess? You know? Yeah, huh? yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, I worry cause myself, I'm like, I don't even know how I would handle that. You know, I, I would be like the LeBron James to stop playing, head to the locker room, not even hustle down the court, maybe even bump it to a coach or getting a physical argument with the coach and assistant coach on the sideline when things aren't going your way. Um, man tonight five minute mark big three point made by chris paul at that time when it was like a five point lead for them and then he finds cameron johnson he finds sticks back-to-back plays after cameron johnson and after sticks kind of turn the ball over a little bit of a mess up on their end to where they just kind of lost the ball and turn it over give clippers a little bit more momentum it doesn't matter chris paul finds them he he counts on them. He knows that they're going to be ready. These these young guys, it's Chris Paul and these young dudes. They're going to probably be jam start of the game. All three of these guys. I just I love the fact that you can just really plug and play with him. We talked about too. Even Biombo, he is a point guard for a reason. And if you listen to last Bill Simmons podcast, it was crazy to hear. I forget the lead that was on there, but they were talking about. Is Chris Paul still the point god? I never really mm-hmm. heard of this year. I'm like, are you you're not watching Suns basketball? He's Amen. making all these players almost like all-star recognition recognized players. I feel like, you know what I mean? Just game to game. I'm not saying a full season's worth, but the way he's making these guys play and the way he's setting them up for, you know, a, a great future here in the franchise for the rest of the year. It's just, it's something that only a point guard could do. So he is absolutely a top point guard still in the league. I don't care how many shots Trey Young makes or Steph Curry makes. This guy is ready to ball and make the team better. MVP caliber.
0: Well, and again, you know, talking about that episode of the Bill Simmons podcast where they're questioning whether or not point Chris Paul is still the point god or if, you know, John Morant's starting to take some of that uh, that moniker, if you will. They, they, they question that. And then they talk about how great Cam Johnson's been, how Bismack Biyombo is joined this team seamlessly and how all these players, uh, how Jalen Smith has been, you know, showing up and surprising some people. It's like you realize every one of those players you just mentioned is benefiting from having Chris Paul. Because as we mentioned yes. at the end of this game, how easy he makes it look, you know, it's that pass, that wraparound pass to Jalen Smith as he's cutting for, you know, a dunk. It's hitting uh, McHale bridges at the perfect time to where Mikhail just catches it one, two, and it's, it's a dunk it's hitting the wide open three point shooters. And it's all of those things around, you know, he makes everyone around him so much better. And don't get me mm-hmm. wrong. Like John ja Morant is exciting. And they did hit on, on that, on the podcast that he checks so many different, categories if you will relative to how he's perceived how he's liked how how you know the casual fan likes him how the analytic guys like him how you know basketball junkies like yourself and myself like him like of course but chris paul it might not be sexy but it's methodical and it's like a surgeon. And when it hits that five minute mark, like that's when I kind of, I get excited. I get close to the TV, you know, I'm, I'm eating my popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A couple kernels stuck in the teeth. Yeah. Like, here we go. This Red is going to be the best part of the day. Yeah, I have my Red Bull.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the best part too, is Devin Booker lets him, do that he lets him have the ball he trusts him they trust each other Booker of course tonight was not very good so of course he's gonna let Chris Paul kind of take over and get things done because Booker was kind of frustrated tonight so that trust they have in each other to where you don't have to worry about Booker ball on, a, on an off night that's even better that's 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 a real team right there right yeah absolutely
0: I mean Devin Booker goes five for 22 from the field oh for seven from deep 11 points, has 10 rebounds and has four assists as well, but clearly just had an off-shooting night. And it was one of those nights where you could tell right off the bat. I mean, he began the game in the first quarter missing his first six shots and they were just, just a little off, you know? Mid-range jumpers just rolling off the rim. Uh, a lot of, you know, obviously all of his three-pointers didn't go in. Every little trick that he has in his bag, everything that we'd let off our last podcast to- podcast talking about, Uh, he just fumbled with a little bit this evening and you know what, that was, it was, it was nice to watch a TNT broadcast where they're like, look at Devin Booker's not playing well. And this team is still, you know, waxing the Clippers by halftime, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and that's again, a credit to the team.
1: Yeah. And, uh, I was gonna bring up a point too, and I kind of forgot it, but Devin Booker, oh gosh, you know what? Could we just continue? Fuck, I hate when I do that. I have <laughs> yeah, wrote that one down. Uh, let's take some notes there, Matthew.
0: Well, did you see the one play where Devin Booker rebounded the ball? He looked at a wide open issue, weighing right behind, beyond the arc and was like, nah, fam, and just like hit a jumper.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, I did. And But the, the frustration he had, too, with the rim, too, uh, I think it was like uh, in the third or fourth, the early fourth quarter where he just, he basically had two putbacks and he missed both of them and finally made one like he, the way he just threw his arms up. Like what is going on? Oh, my point I was going to make was, you know, primetime game tonight against the Clippers, even though there's, they're not, they don't have their superstars, even on a game like this, where Booker is off. We know all these guys can step up primetime in the playoffs. It doesn't matter. So this isn't a thing where he has an off nights. Like, Oh, can he not perform in the primetime game? You know? No, that's not it. Cause he's had plenty of games where he's, put up great stats, great wins for the Suns in the regular season and in the playoffs. So that's something you don't have to worry about with this team, which is kind of cool, right? A lot of teams worry about that stuff, but Suns they just don't this year and last year.
0: Well, yeah, it's no longer a narrative, you know, because that was one of the questions that we had, uh, you know, early in Devin Booker's career and even going into last season when he finally played in games that had waited minutes. Cause he played on a couple national television TV games. What was it like two or three years ago? We only got like one. I think it was the Ricky yeah, Rubio year. Yeah. He literally got just like one. So we didn't necessarily know what we had when it came to Devin Booker performing under the bright lights of national televised games. So, yeah, he scores 11 points. No one's going to be like, oh, man, he just can't do it in the big games. It's like, this isn't a big game. I mean, they, they're clearly hampered. We're not seeing Kawhi. We're not seeing Paul George. We're hampered. We're without some of our players. So it's just another night for Devin Booker where he's trying to work some things out. And you know what? Didn't work out for him necessarily, and his team still wins uh, by whatever that math is. I don't know what is that final. Let's see, one hundred six to eighty nine. So forty, yeah, forty seven. Clearly seventeen points. Yeah, they they (laughs) they win by forty seven points. It
1: goes up so quick. It's like two point two point lead. All of a sudden, eleven point lead. We went by seventeen. It's like they just blasted up there, man.
0: Well, they went on a twenty one to nine run at the end of the game. With you know, once it was eighty five to eighty. The Clippers only scored nine more points. The Suns scored, you know, 21 more points. Reggie Jackson.
1: Hey, Reggie, keep shooting those threes, dude. Keep keep doing it, man. Sh- oh my God, man. He just let his team down tonight.
0: <laughs> no, big time, big time. Uh so one thing that, you know, kind of caught my attention was what the news that we heard at the very beginning of the day. And it prompted a new drop. The turn of the- Biz. I'm on the-
1: biz oh my god (laughs) i love that That drop so much so you can hear the mac at the end at the
0: i do biz and then it says mac but the best part is if you hear the very end it's when it's, it's when he sings oh my god one more time
1: biz biz I love I just that. love the close ups <laughs> of your face all of a sudden like just freaking scares the shit out of everybody. Yeah, for those of you who <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome, for, for
0: those of you who are <laughs> listening, check out the YouTube. But uh
1: there you go. Good job, John. Everybody,
0: <laughs> round you, of applause. You, round you, of applause. Thank you. Thank very you good. very much. Uh Bismack Biombo signed mm-hmm. by James Jones for the remainder of the season. And let give me your thoughts on that.
1: Oh, i mean it was coming, right? we What is weird is we wish, you you do mostly, you wish for these players. We get them and we keep them. And now everyone in the TNT broadcast is talking about how we're a big team now. It's just it's crazy because it worked out so well. He signs and then he doesn't let up today. He has a great game again. And initially, I wasn't surprised they signed him because I knew it was going to come. But it's just one of those things where it's like, dude, this franchise cannot mess up. Right now they just keep making the right decision one after the other i just feel like in the past this would be like a 10-day contract okay that's it obviously we want to be winning and biombo probably won't even be playing the way he's playing because he's not playing with chris paul but i mean his hustle everything he's doing putbacks anything he's asked to do down there he's doing it so it's it's well earned man right no without a doubt and i
0: think that you know again statistically not the greatest night but i mean it was impactful because he had those three blocks, right? He had zero points in 13 minutes. He was zero for two from the field. Uh, mm-hmm. He only had three rebounds, but he had three blocks. So he, he made an impact on the game. And again, it just goes to show you that, and as you mentioned, it's like, it feels like the Phoenix Suns can do no wrong. I feel like of all the 10 day contracts that have been dished out this season mm-hmm. across the NBA, and there's been a lot of them, you know, COVID has decimated numerous, uh, franchises. I think the only team that's truly avoided it is like Utah. I think Joe Ingles went fin- went to COVID protocols, and they're like uh, they tweeted out from their account like it it finally happened. You know, somebody got COVID on in Utah. Now Rudy Gobert. Now you know that 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 domino has fallen in that franchise as well. But again, across the NBA, there's been a ton of 10 day contracts. I honestly think that Bismack Biyombo, and again, this is clearly Suns bias because it's the one team I watch consistently, but I feel like based on kind of what I view on Twitter, the the different articles I read on The Athletic, things of that nature, I think he's had the best and most impactful uh, return to a team, therefore the return mm-hmm. of Bismack. Uh, do you think that his signing is a, it's an indicator that Frank Kaminsky is going to be out for quite some time because Flex from Jersey tweeted out a couple days ago. He says, I'll say it again. The signing of Bismack is going to pay huge dividends down the road. Aiden McGee and Biombo are going to cause serious problems for teams come playoffs. With Kaminsky out, uh, likely out another six to eight weeks, I believe Bismack will be with the Suns for the rest of the year. He tweeted that out two days ago because he you know, kind of said, I have some insider information, essentially what happened with his injury. It's a rest and assess. They've assessed and now it looks like it's going to uh, unfortunately be at least two more months until Frank Kaminsky comes back.
1: Yeah, and even if he does return, I'm not saying like he's a he's an all star. He's a great player, but he he did make a big impact. I mean, we were Absolutely. undefeated with him in the starting lineup, so it's gonna be tough. And for them to resign him, I mean, I did think about that. Uh, Dario Saric is just I'm not worried about that anymore. I think that's just long gone. I don't know if he'll ever return or even wear a Sun's uniform again. So Kaminsky, we could count on him, but then right now it's just it's so great to have Bismack to where he can come out and just pick up where Kaminsky kind of left off. I know there was a big gap, but as soon as you sign him, he can pick up where Kaminsky left off. Of course, he doesn't have the three-point shooting, but he does basically allow what Kaminsky was doing. And if we have one or the other, we can count on them. They're reliable. I mean, Kaminsky, you can throw in the starting lineup. He'll do whatever is he, asked. Biombo, just they, these guys are just playing so well together with, with Chris Paul that... It doesn't matter who you plug in there. So the name Bismack, of course, is somebody that we really wanted. And it's somebody that popped on. It's like, oh, I didn't know he wasn't on the team. And then he, could, he gets here and it just proves that, like, you can really just plug and play anybody. So I just – I think that whole thing with Kaminsky, I just – even if he came back, I don't really want to look forward to having him in the lineup just because I feel like it would take him a while to get back into things. It's nice to just have a guy ready to go right now, right? Ready to go into the all-star break in the second half oh, of the big season. Time.
0: And again, I just think it's an indicator that we're not going to see Frank for a long, long time if, again, the rest of the season because of the his injury and, and the recovery time because we don't need him. We don't need him right now, so you can you can continue to let him, yeah. you know, do what he does, heal properly, uh, you know, get well. Obviously, Frank, but at this point, he's just not going to be somebody who uh, we're probably going to see again. Uh, and Bismack Biyombo is going to be the guy who's going to take those minutes, who's going to relieve both Aiden and McGee, and, and give them extra minutes off throughout the regular season. That's again going to ultimately lead to the success of this team. And it's just so funny because. You know, earlier in the season, we we're just talking on our on the podcast about how deep this team is and how it was equating to success because of the performances of Frank Kaminsky. He goes down and they plug, you know, they get Bismack beyond, but it's almost like the Arizona Cardinals when they lost Max Williams and they got Zach Ertz. You're just like Oh, okay. totally. I know. Same concept. And then,
1: and then the Eagles are gonna probably beat the Cardinals in the playoffs. Isn't that weird how that works? <laughs> it's Stop like you leave now. a team. I know, I'm just kidding. You leave a team to go win and you might lose to them in the playoffs.
0: Yep, absolutely. You you never know. Bled Uh, Ted Lubin, one of our loyal Jamsters, he says signing Biombo means less minutes for Nader and Kaminsky. That's when they come back and they're healthy. Uh, Sticks deserves some rotation minutes too, and Mm -hmm. again, I think that's a a valid point.
1: Stitch report.
0: You know, one of the things that Monty Williams said before the game today, uh, and it was tweeted out by Dwayne Rankin, he said, Jalen Smith has earned the right for more minutes, even when everybody gets back, but sees him at more of the four than the five. He also could see Smith playing the five in a small ball lineup. I think the acquisition of Biombo is Monty Williams and James Jones communicating to each other and saying, hey, Jalen Smith, who let's let's not fool ourselves. He's been playing really good at the five. Uh, it's when he's played at the four that he looks a little bit lost because he's playing against some more athletic wings and it's harder to defend when you're being pulled away from the area in which he thrives, which is the paint. But they, with the Biombo uh, acquisition, it is Marty Williams, it is James Jones saying that they want to play sticks more at the four. Uh, do you think that's the right move in the right place for Jalen Smith?
1: you know what at this point the way smith is just playing um i know it'd be a bit of a change i know he can stretch the floor right i mean you don't like the threes too much but i guess we kind of go back and forth with that because some games he can hit a couple and it looks pretty good so i just think it's really about his confidence and how confident he is of course which he's very confident so wherever this team puts him i believe in him to of course expand his game we talk game to game how he improves he really does um the only downside i think to this is maybe the fact that when when Aiton does come back and then they have to the spread the minutes, are, it gets a little bit thin for him. How is he going to respond to that? You know, I mean, playing these 20-minute games, 25-minute games, it just helps you develop so much more. It's something, of course, you look forward to. It maybe it gets him more in the flow of the game. But then I don't worry about that because I think he's just such an aggressive player to where even if he's playing the four or even the five at times, he's going to be that guy that, you can just count on to be aggressive instantly. He doesn't need to get into the flow of the game. He's going to instantly come out and be an impact. The four is going to be weird. And I always think the four is just such a weird spot now in the NBA, don't you think? Because I feel like you have those tweeners between three and four, and then you just have the, the, the guy in the middle, the center, supposedly, whatever the hell they are nowadays. It's just such a weird spot right now because if you play the four, you're going to have to spread the floor and then a lot of them these guys are they're 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 usually pretty good at shooting threes but then if they're too big like a Zion then you play him like at a center position that's probably the best that he plays at cuz then he takes up so much room you know what i mean it's just it's so complicated right now to where obviously me going on this long answer i can't really say i'm too nervous about the situation just because i i think that he will have the confidence to do whatever is done but I don't want to see him at the four. I want to see him at the five more. So I'm kind of nervous about that part.
0: Well, and therein lies the problem because we're not going to see him more at the five. If you have Deandre and you have Javel McGee and you have Bismack Biombo, all who yeah. are three defensive and fours on the interior, uh, which sticks definitely is. Uh, you're not going to see very many minutes, four sticks in that spot. Now, granted, Monty Williams did state that he would utilize him in some small ball lineups as the five. So, again, that adds flexibility. And, you know, he hasn't proven that he necessarily plays well as a four because it is, you know, he's a rim protector. And it's hard to protect the rim when you have to guard the guy who's standing out in the corner. So you start yeah, to bleed yeah. to the interior on the weak side. Next thing you know, the ball's been whipped around. That guy's hitting a three or you're too far up on him defensively. And he cuts behind you and you're just not aware of it because you're watching the ball. So, I mean, there's there's going to be a learning curve there. We're, we're definitely a fan of the way that he's been playing it at the five. I mean, you look again tonight, another start for him, nine for 17 from the field. He had 14 rebounds and 19 points. I mean, those are DA numbers. And that's you know, one of the, you know, seriously, it is, it is. It, you know, it's it, exactly it, what it's DA exactly does. what DA does. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, maybe the sons are onto something by not providing the max to DA. Uh, and that's a whole nother conversation that I don't want to necessarily go down at, at this point, but I will say this, you know, you, you talk about him shooting the threes and how I don't like him shooting the threes. I don't like him shooting the threes when he's our five, but what I can see is the development for Jalen Smith to become a Jay Crowder type. I think that's what he could become because he's, I I remember there was one game where he played a lot of four and it looked like Jay Crowder out there. He was chucking threes, he was playing defense Mm. uh, and he he was playing physical defense. And he does have, we have seen over the past about two or three games, a little bit more of that Jalen Smith temper, if you will, a little bit more flair, a little bit more aggressiveness down on the block. Uh, How about that play when he was backing down Reggie Jackson and Reggie Jackson just flopped And he he missed the, you know, I think Jalen Smith was so surprised when he jumped up to, you know, lay the ball and that a foul wasn't called. But don't think that that's not going to go in the back of his mind and go, oh, I'm allowed to play a little bit more physical than I think I can. So I think that as as this time period of the Suns progresses over this next segment, you know, probably about 20 games, when we start to get DA back and we start to get Jay Crowder back and, and all these guys, who could have played tonight, but you know, because the Suns are where they're at in the standings, can literally just go. You know what? We're just going to rest these guys. We're going to bring them back. You know, condition them properly. But don't you know? T- take a look at these next twenty games and see how Jalen Smith performs in that four. I think it's going to be very vital because again, that makes ultimately Jay Crowder expendable at some point in his career with the Phoenix Suns. If And then you can do just what Matthews always wanted. Cam Johnson slots into the starting four yeah. and you have Jalen Smith coming right behind him. So, I mean, that's how I'm kind of looking at this.
1: I know. And like we talked the last pod with the, with coach and where we're talking about, it's a good problem to have. Right. And yes. sometimes when that's said, I don't know if it really is because You're saying you're going to put Jalen Smith at the four where he's just playing so well at the five. Not like he's unstoppable, but he can grab pretty much any board. He can, anytime he goes towards the rim, even on a pick and roll with with Chris Paul, or even when he cuts and he's going towards the rim, the bench stands up because they think he's just going to dunk on someone's ass. Like they stand up because of the, no one stands up for like a DA. And I'm not trashing, I'm just saying no one stands up for him. But now when Sticks does it, they think he's going to dunk on somebody. Like, that's the threat he is. And you're talking about like the flopping. It's something because the smaller guys, of course, they don't know they can guard him. And all these players are going to notice in the league that he's going to be more difficult because he has the length too. And you said the Drake, Jay Crowder comparison. I get like the intensity and stuff, but I just, I love him underneath there because he's so long, like a Mikhail Absolutely. Bridges to where he could just, you know, just <laughs> not dunk all day, but just little little oops and everything around the rim just makes it easy for him. So I think it's a tough decision. It's it's a tough thing for Monty to deal with, with all these guys now, what what the hell do you do? But they'll figure it out. That's it's what spo- you don't have it, to worry about
0: it. It's a spoil of riches, you know, and again, I think that that's what makes these next 20 games very interesting to see how Jalen Smith develops, because you're absolutely right. If he's playing the four and he can work his way down into the paint and do what he does effectively on both ends of the floor, That's, you know, that's a win for the Suns, Mm -hmm. but he needs to have some of that ability like Jay Crowder does to spread the floor and to be the guy who's just kind of hanging out in the corner, but knows how to crash the boards. Because, again, Jay Crowder, you know, second leading rebounder on the team. There's a reason for that because he's coming in and, you know, crashing the boards and, and assisting with a lot of the team rebounding. That's where Jalen Smith has to learn how to rebound from, you know. 30 feet starting out on the three point line and moving inwards versus living down 15 feet and, and yeah. Inwards. So it'll be interesting to see how these next few games go and, and how he progresses in that area of uh of the floor. I think it's gonna be really fun to watch as well. But again, another cool. great game by Jalen Smith. And you know, maybe sometime we'll have that is he expendable conversation because and i by expendable I mean DA because you know it's plug and play right now. It's plug and play right now. So, we'll see. Drop. Drop it like it's hot. Lights. Cameron. Action. Career high. Career high for Cameron Johnson tonight. 24 points. His career high previous was 22. Matthew, he had 17 at halftime. He's, he's got the sixth best three-point percentage in the league. He had 10 of the Suns' 21 points in the first quarter
1: alone, and he has
0: now had 21 consecutive games with two threes. Give flowers to your boy, man.
1: I mean, it's never-ending. I I thought he would be good, but I didn't think he would be this good this quick. It's just, of course, the word consistency, it's just something he he is. He's just consistent always, and he's just – there's a play where Cameron Payne, you know – Good start to the game. A little bit of a bad finish for him. But Cameron Payne brings the ball up. And it doesn't look like anything's going to happen. It's just no one's moving. But one guy that was in the corner had his hands up and he was covered. That was Cameron Johnson. What he does is he moves the camera Payne. He cuts wide open. Cameron Payne's just like, oh, here, take the ball right atop at of the key shoots the ball those are the things where like a lot of these players in the nba don't do they don't notice like if someone's struggling to to set up the offense or to find somebody you know to get things moving move like how many times do you hear coaches yell move move mm-hmm. cameron johnson he's just that guy it's it's always the things that happen every game that you just notice and he has like a little delicate floater now too he had tonight like just Oh, I don't know, man. I just, I'm lost for words because it's just, it's never ending. He did mess up with like the turnover late in the game, but then he gets fed again from Chris Paul. He never gets down on himself. You know, like Mikael Bridges kind of dropped his head after missing like every shot tonight. That's not Cameron <laughs> Johnson. Cameron Cam is just ready for the next play. He just knows the next play is just as valuable as the last and the next. Like he just, he's out there making sure that he is not going to go anywhere every play. He's just making sure, like, hey, yeah, I'm on the bench right now. But Bill Simmons is talking about me. Anybody that watches the Suns knows who Cam Johnson is, and they want them want him on their team. And he's that valuable right now for the Suns.
0: Oh, big time. And that's why we had that conversation on the last podcast about whether or not he's priced himself uh, out of our grasps, if you will. In better two seasons. not. You know, better not. Oh, but, two seasons. <laughs> yeah, well, because, yeah, we'll have them all next season, too. Um, what's interesting is we talked about a little bit on the last pod about how you know he's even keel doesn't celebrate I saw some little fist pumps tonight you know he had a shot he oh, turned around and kind of little, little fist pumps no I like to see it though you know he's he's just he's so uh, uh his versatility is fantastic mm-hmm. and again I just think that you know one of the questions I had coming into the season was would he have the ability to really take that next step because there was such a short off season and the beginning of the season he didn't start so hot but he sh- he's doing all of his growth in season right now. It's happening before our eyes. I mean, it's just, it's so unbelievable to watch his growth. And it leads to a new segment, Matthew. Twitter take. Twitter. So one of those things I see on Twitter as I'm, you know, watching the game and whatnot is you always get the people who ask random questions or, or they just have kind of like the basic take. And one of the ones I saw is, should, Jam, should Cam Johnson start when Jay comes back? And I feel like it's such a cheesy conversation, but I'll ask you, Matthew, should Cam Johnson start when Jay comes
1: back? Yeah, really, cool. I got to ask, because I had the one drop last pod that I added, do you have to have five more <laughs> the next pod? Just
0: just do no, just... me?
1: I've been in the
0: creative mode recently. No,
1: yeah, no, it's it's, it's great. I love the new drops because I I just I can't stop laughing in the beginning. Uh, I really think that this is actually really tough, and I don't know if I have an answer for it because I want to say just put Jay back in there, but man, I, this might be it, right? The way Cam's playing, no, I don't. It's you put no. Jay back in? Yeah, absolutely, you do. Because again,
0: if you take that offensive firepower, you're why why right now is Cameron Johnson cooking? Why is he cooking? Well, I've got a couple of reasons for you. One, Devin Booker isn't playing very well. Okay. Now, just tonight, I'm not saying overall, because Devin Booker in the last, like, five games has been playing fantastic. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the offensive starting five that the Phoenix Suns have fielded over the past few games, you got Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Cam Johnson, Mikael Bridges, and Jalen Smith. Who's your number three option? It's, It's Cam Johnson. Okay, and that's why he is he's being allowed to uh to grow and to to flourish with that starting unit. Yeah. Once DA comes back, DA takes that spot. And then then you know, Cam would become the fourth option, you know, and at best, whereas with the second option, or with the second team, I'm sorry, he's the second option scoring. We know the campaign's the first option scoring because he just doesn't pass the ball, and he just wants to drive to the rim every time. But when he does kick the ball, it's Cam Johnson. So I think that obviously when Jay comes back, Jay comes right back, and you keep that balance in the force. Now, long term, yeah, next year Cam Johnson's the starting four man. I mean, he's showing it; he's fantastic, uh, and that and that is the first edition of Twitter takes. You think that's good. What you see the commercial I put together for the solar panel podcast? Who man, we'll be debuting that here on uh Sunday or something.
1: Okay, or sa- on Saturday,
0: cool. yeah, I'll yeah, to be so. taking a look. It's a nice little commercial for a bright side night, so we'll be doing that. Um, Justin Jackson,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he's out there wearing number 45, Matthew.
1: Oh, yeah, AC Green.
0: There you go, my man. Yeah, I was gonna bro. say, I'm, I'm like, who, I was gonna say, who's your favorite son to ever wear? Number forty-five. That's my favorite
1: son of all time. Is just AC Green,
0: dude. There's been some my great first guys, one. some great guys who have worn number forty-five, and you know, uh, Bo Outlaw did, Stephen Hunter did, uh, but yeah, AC mm-hmm. Green, man, the Iron Man, and I, it just looks good on a jersey. I feel, I it feel looks like so good. Every time we play two K, don't like. Don't you make yourself number forty-five?
1: It's always forty-five. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like a point guard with forty-five. Yeah,
0: yeah. It just looks good on a jersey. <laughs> uh I kind of wish we could keep Justin Jackson and like dish out mm. Al- Abdul Nader to the curb.
1: Oh, I, you know, you yeah, know it's we been a long play, time. Like, can we just play four bigs at one time and not have Nader? You know what I mean? Just do something like that. No, I'm just kidding, Nader. Well, come back. Whatever is going on with him, I don't know. Does he have COVID? Is it COVID protocol? It is. No, no. I think or he. You no, know, he entered uh covid
0: protocols but i think it he was. still has some sort of some sort of okay yeah, well, let's, yeah i don't
1: know let's Go talk
0: ahead. a little bit about your boy ep alfred payton 18 minutes 10 points 4 and 9 shooting five rebounds four assists. uh i just read campaigns i'm sorry alfred yeah. payton 15 see
1: they're confusing <laughs> aren't they i get them confused all the time
0: uh 6 points for alfred payton two rebounds mm-hmm. uh one assist um I really like the way that he played tonight. I think that he made some very crucial baskets during that middle of the third uh, to the end of the third, and the beginning of the fourth, when the Clippers were really putting it on the Suns. You know, because Phoenix only scored 19 points in that mm-hmm. third quarter. Uh, I feel like Alfred Payton's the one who just kind of kept them just at arm's length, uh, because whenever you are going against a team that doesn't have a uh, a, a really strong rim protection. Kind of guy because Serge Ibaka just wasn't cutting it, you know, at that point of the game. That he can feast, and he did so tonight, and he really helped the team when we needed him to. So we don't need to slander him, Uh, as Fabio says. Like decent game by EP. As long as we get a decent game by EP, I'm I'm happy, man.
1: Yeah, the praise, I love it. Um, I do love how he tried to do uh have a jump ball with uh, Jalen Smith at one time on the floor. That was great. (laughs) I don't know why they didn't call a jump ball between those two. Um, but there's just. I mean two ways it's going to go for him because I'm not going to say his name because I already messed it up again. Him he will either go to the rim, he'll miss it or he'll go to the rim and make it. That's all he does. You know what I mean? I'm serious. That's it. Tonight he had a few easier ones cuz the defense backed off and he did make some crucial um crucial shots down there, but it's just that's just all he really does. He loves to just go to the rim and try to finish. Oh yeah. There. Make or miss. I know, of course, make or miss league where we're living in right now, but just in the paint, that's all he wants to do. That's all he wants to do. Well,
0: and again, that's because he has, I I don't have the number in front of me, but it is really bad when it comes to shooting from three. It's in like the twenty percent. It's like twenty six percent or something. So he's definitely just yeah. not a he's not a shooter in any way, way, shape, or form. So he that's the only way he can generate offense. And generally, the way that Alfred Payton likes to operate is he'll he'll drive to the to the hole, uh, and if he's got the shot, he'll take. And if not, he has the awareness to hit guys who are wide open. Uh, he doesn't pull the Eric Bledsoe, and that's where a lot of the frustration has occurred this season. Is he has turn the ball over like Eric Bledsoe when he's driven to the rim in the past. It's like seeing our old number two, Eric Bledsoe coming down the middle, not knowing what he's doing. Uh, but in this game, I really feel like he was, he had a good sense of, you know, where he was, where his teammates were, and he took advantage of both. And again, that's all you really want from him. You know, as I read Cameron Payne's, uh, uh stat line i was actually surprised to see the campaign was four mm. for nine from the field because i feel like he missed a ton of shots man Towards he's, another, yeah. he's another guy who is just like downhill for him you know he'll hit he'll he'll take a three and he was one for one on three he'll take some transition threes of that nature but both of our backup point guards have the same mentality of just like we're just gonna go downhill and try to create a shot mm-hmm. for ourselves uh I think it's probably our one glaring weakness now is really our backup point guard play, because I don't feel Mm. like we're getting consistency from Cameron Payne. So take take a look at his statistics so far this year. Okay, he's averaging 10.5 points, right, which is uh, his most uh, in his career. But he's also shooting the most he's ever in his career. And his field goal percentage is at 39 percent. He's shooting 31 percent from deep. Okay. So he's not knocking them down from deep. He's not, if you're shooting 39% overall and you're a guard, you know, you should be in the mid forties to, you know, close to 50% to be effective as much as he goes to the hole. And I really feel like there's an opportunity for the Phoenix Suns to, you know, just, I'm not. I'm not obviously saying get rid of campaign, get rid of Alfred Payton, but there's an opportunity for the Suns to really focus on trying to get campaign going because we're going to really need him. And and they they talked mm-hmm. about it. What Bill Simmons was talking about that how he disappeared in the playoffs or in the in the finals, which he
1: did. Yeah, but it's hard to count on someone I don't know like that that consistently. And then the lady I forget her name. She's awesome. I really like her whenever she's a guest. And I guess she does the NBA Ringer podcast too. Uh, she has some good takes. But he did help us out in the playoffs, so that was that was very important. I just think the thing is with Payne, like his 39% percentage, a lot of those were just really bad takes. I feel like earlier in the year, he was just shooting those, uh, the three pointers off, you know, the fast breaks that were just horrendous, like on the move, like the feet were not set, just jacking them up. So first half in this game, he actually looked like he, in like the past, maybe week, two weeks he's been playing. He's been slowing things down. So in the first half, He's just really slow and he he gets in there he takes his time. He has some good looking shots. Little delicate floater. He must have copied Cameron Johnson. I mean, he must be watching Cameron Johnson tape because his floater was really nice and had some good touch in the first half. But then second half it's just it was too quick. Too many more bodies in the lane that were crowding him at one time and then he would just shove the, sh- the shot up there with with a really bad release, a really forced release. So that's like the, really the difference. It's just, he, he gets too into his head sometimes in the second half. You could see that. And it just leads to really bad shot attempts, but they're like from the same spot on the floor where he's making them before. It's just, he's going too quick. He's just forcing it too much. And I think in those situations, he's just to find like a, another option to where, okay, they're crowding. Do I find somebody? He did miss sticks today. And I think sticks helped him up after it was a charge from Cameron Payne. And he's like, hey, dude, I was wide open. Like, just lob it up. He needs to trust these big men underneath the paint or underneath the rim. Um, because they're there. They're they're there. He just needs to have another option instead of just chucking it up at the rim, even if he thinks he, even if he's close, if it's not a good looking attempt, just make sure that there's maybe somebody around, or just bring the ball back out, or keep the dribble alive and do something like a Steve Nash-esque. You know what I mean? Just have another option out there, man.
0: No, I completely agree. It's it's too one zone mind, you know, he's just like, I'm doing this. He's not looking around. And again, that's where, you know, I get the, the Eric Bledsoe ish, you know, it's like, it's a one track mind Yeah. and yeah. you have to look for your, and he does a great job Ted Lubin just said in the chat, he goes, he does a great job with JaVale McGee. And he really does like him and JaVale work great together. And I think that, you know, he's definitely been missing JaVale, uh, but you have to, you know, take a look around and, and go, you know what? I can't every play try to get mine. My What makes me successful is making those around me successful. Again, we go back to the point guard and how he operated tonight in those last five minutes, and that's why we won this game by 17 points when it was a five-minute lead with five minutes left. It's because Mm -hmm. he is selfless, and he makes those around him truly better. And that's where campaign is just – that's not his forte, although I would like it to be.
1: Yeah, really quick, too. It's like basically he's in a really great relationship right now with the Suns and what he's doing as a backup point guard. He needs to just slow things down on his way home, grab a bottle of wine or something, just take it easy, take the night off. You know what I mean? Meaning, just to slow things down, dude. And whatever I was just talking about right there made no sense. So just ignore <laughs> what the hell I was talking about. But just relax, you know? It made perfect just, sense. Because when he's playing, relax. And I swear he is slowing well, that's down. That's the key. Then, then he's playing good. Like, just slow it down, man. You don't have to be a speedster all the time. Completely
0: agree. I like it. Relax a little bit, you know? Because, again when you relax and you're not rushing everything the you're going to find your teammates open and you're yeah. going to have you know but when you're rushing too much you're not going to see them so uh but again you know that's who campaign is and you know we take the good with the bad and again as i read the stat line it wasn't necessarily that bad it felt worse to me but again 10 points from on four of nine shooting one for one for three five rebounds four assists way to go Fucking A, right you know mm. way to go way to go all right, let's see. Where are we at now? Uh, what else? Oh, one thing I want to talk about before we get to the jam start of the game is just some of the Suns' transactions. You know, we did lose a couple Suns players. Emmanuel Terry, who was with us on a 10-day contract, he was waived by the Phoenix Suns. Uh, Chandler Hutchison was waived, and he was on the two-way contract. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's somebody who's been with the team all season, so they waived him. So, you know, what that tells you is the Suns potentially could sign another two-way player. Uh, I am not an expert on you know, th- this is where you go to the, t- the timeline podcast because those guys are so dialed into like <laughs> yes, every yeah. analytical thing. I don't yeah. know what this opens up or what doesn't open up or <laughs> how many contracts we have left. I'm I just same, know, like man. in theory, like it, we have a two-way contract open now. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know who we could sign with it, but I guess it creates flexibility. I don't know. Um yeah, Ish. Since uh, Jones in, in since eighty says is Ish a two way. Yeah, Ish is a two way. I could have swore like two times on the TNT broadcast that they were saying that Ish was on a ten day contract. Did I hear that right or, or wrong? Or? No,
1: I didn't hear that. I don't even okay. know what kind of contract he's on. So that's he's how on, bad I am. He's on
0: t- He's on a two way, and I know Chandler okay. Hutchinson was as well. And you get two two way contracts. So uh, yeah, he's gone. So, uh, Emmanuel Terry and Chandler Hutchinson, thank you for your contributions to the Phoenix Suns. Emmanuel Terry, I will miss seeing you look like Britney Griner out there. Jam star of the game all right jamsters it's that time of the podcast you let us know if you're watching along live in the chat who your jam star of the game is and if you're listening this is a good time just go and hit that subscribe button hit that rate button give us five stars right right in the the apple reviews who your jam star of the game is i don't care Uh, for sure for for sure (laughs) sure. um
1: who's my jam star
0: is that what you're gonna ask
1: me Who's your jam star, Matthew? Oh, it's going to be Chris Paul tonight, actually. I know Cam- Cameron Johnson, amazing game, a really great first half. Um, But it's just all around great. But Chris Paul just ends the game dissecting that defense, doing things that he's done last year, playoffs, this season. It's just something that's constant. So him and Mikael, or not Mikael Bridges, I don't know. That guy number some, number 23. Else. I'm just joking. Um, Cameron Johnson and Jalen Smith, him and his two buddies, I'm going to give them all together because they kind of own the fourth, the final five minutes. It's fun to watch dude. Just any young guy just play with Chris Paul and you can just do whatever you want and he'll find you.
0: Yeah, you will will flourish. Uh, yeah, I give it to Chris Paul. It's the first triple double, uh, for him this season. And I think that again, the way that he orchestrated that last five minutes was surgical. It was artful. It was Mm -hmm. impressive. It was something that we should never take advantage of because for so long we didn't have anybody who could even come close to dominating a game in the way that he does and doesn't even need to score the ball to do so. He's just he's such a fantastic uh talent. And I think that it was a, another fantastic ending for him. Uh next up for the Phoenix Suns on Saturday, we are going to be playing the Miami Heat. Where's that? I just wanted to pull up the thing. Suns versus Heat. Preview. All right, so the Suns are playing the Heat. Uh, did you see Tyler Hero swinging on freaking uh Who was it? Uh, I can see the guy. Oh, Jamsters, help me out. He went up and he did the Pat Bev. He pushed him in the back. Uh, oh, I didn't see that. Just like he did CP3. It was tonight. Uh, God, who was it? A center for the team that Come they on, played to Don't
1: let us down. <laughs> I'll let John I'm down. Le- I'm
0: letting myself down. How do I not? Nurkic? There you go. Thank you, Crazy Pasquale. Oh, okay. Yeah, he swung. He like he he came up and he pushed Nurkic from behind after a play where Nurkic kind of clipped him on a three, and then Nurkic took a swing at him and and he uh, took a yeah. swing and just missed or what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but okay. I mean, it's just. Uh, so the Miami Heat, what are you looking for as hmm. the Phoenix Suns get ready to play the Miami Heat for the first time this season?
1: Well, speaking of Tyler Hero, there's a guy you got to look out for, right? I mean, he's going to be the sixth man of the year, comeback player of the year probably too. Um, He's in the running for those. But what I'm looking for, John, the return of Aiden, right? He's going to be back for this game, right? Let's he has go. to be. Let's They're go. out there warming up. They're on the bench. They're going to, I just know, those minutes, I think I look forward to this the last two games where I thought he would be back. But this has to be definite, so I'm looking for that. And just the split of those minutes if we're going Sun's side. The other side, of course, Tyler Hero, him, and Devin Booker. If they have a little bit of a matchup tonight, I know Tyler Hero gets a lot of minutes. He's averaging 20 points a game right now for the Heat, so his minutes be matched up with Booker. I don't know if it's going to be really a competition, but that's always fun to watch, I think.
0: Yeah, he's definitely somebody who rises up to the occasion because he is a huge uh, Devin Booker fan. You know, He, he went to Kentucky just like Devin Booker did, I think. And
1: uh, <laughs> I don't know if he did actually. I Does feel he like, like he did. Did he? Okay. I'll look it up. Uh,
0: yeah. Like I had their roster up. Now I feel like an idiot. I'm, yeah. He went to Kentucky. Yeah. I'm right. Oh, now I feel so, like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but J- Jimmy Butler's questionable. Bam Adebayo's out with a thumb injury. Yeah. You know, they, their injury report is a long litany of players who are not in. Uh, which unfortunately, this is the fourth overall seed in the Eastern conference. Uh, They're 15th overall in points per game, but they're fourth overall in opposing points per game. And they Mm -hmm. have a defensive rating of that's 11th in the league and an offensive rating of fifth in, in the league. So it's interesting how they don't score a ton of points, but their offensive rating is still fifth in the league and vice versa, kind of on their defense. So uh it will be at home. I think that's how going to help. It's the return, as you mentioned of DA. Yeah. It'll be the first time and potentially JaVale mm-hmm. McGee as well. And it'll be the first time we kind of see James Jones start to experiment, I think with Jalen Smith at the four. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to a, another fun game for the Phoenix suns. And I want to see that Tyler hero, Devin Booker matchup. I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. That's definitely good. They'll to be, find yeah. each other.
1: They're going to, find Oh yeah.
0: Each other. Oh, big yeah. time, big time. So, um let's see, is there anything else we want to talk about before we get out of here today? Eh, let's do this one.
1: I think I Childhood trauma works. It's not working. What yeah, we heard on? we heard it a little bit. Yeah, that Did was you? weird. Childhood trauma.
0: Yeah, my internet must be getting ready to go out. If if nice. I'm clicking, if I'm clicking things, and did it play the drop?
1: It did. You're good. Yeah. Oh, we played it, it three I, times. Really? I didn't
0: even well, see it. Well, a
1: half a time, and then like a quarter of a time, and then the full time just now. I clicked it, and it, and then like, we lost three watchers. <laughs> <laughs> All like, right. So up. lead us off, Matthew. Give us some childhood trauma. Oh. Pick something from your childhood. Let's talk about it. Jeez, you know what? You would be smart as if I actually did take notes. To have things ready so john you have to go first if you have something because i have to think of something
0: okay um i don't put milk and cereal ladies and gentlemen and i know what you think whenever i tell people that i don't put milk in cereal the first question that i always get is well what do you put in it water or orange juice mm-hmm. no i don't i i, I eat it dry <laughs> Okay, Okay, And and, and here's the reason why, okay. There, there is a reason for the method to my madness one. I think it tastes delicious. Okay. I think that I don't need to, to soggy up any of my, my cereal and make it taste (laughs) like cat food because it's all soggy. That's disgusting. But the, the true reason behind not putting milk in my cereal is once upon a time, my sister was eating a bowl of cereal. And she was crying and whining to my mother and it pissed my mother off. Sorry, mom, if you're watching the podcast, but I'm, yes, I'm telling the story. And my mom took the bowl of cereal and dumped it on my sister's head. And when she dumped it, I, all I remember, you know, very young, I was probably like two or three when this happened, I remember seeing my sister crying, you know, and, and nobody cries pretty. So she was ugly looking at like, you know, and as and milk was just covering her face with Cheerios as she was crying. And like from that moment on, I think psychologically something flipped in me. Like oh I don't my
1: I don't like
0: I don't like milk at all. I try to avoid it at all all costs. Uh I like almond milk ish, mm-hmm. you know, because but like the fact that you have to like pasteurize milk disgusts me. The fact that it like we're not supposed to really drink milk, I don't think. And again, like mm-hmm. uh, whatever. But that's my uh that's my I don't put milk in cereal or cereal and milk or however you want to do it. <sighs> And whenever, when, and every time I eat cereal at home, my wife gives me shit about it too. It's like, I'm just, I'm not doing it.
1: You I'm consistently it. get it too. Yeah. And yeah. Well, Milk that was spoil
0: uh... and it's gross. It smells when it's bad. If you're like a day past the, the expiration date, it's like, it smells. <laughs> That's gross bro
1: that was that was pretty traumatic though man like that's uh that's it's called childhood you, trauma your mom yeah you're, yeah no your mom needed to sign off on that one right <laughs> maybe no. you maybe you misremember it i bet you that's what she's going to say you know probably but whatever but, um okay well i thought about one okay if you, you're finished with that one i mean i Fire think it's little deep there so mine's kind of like a ghost story a little bit Ooh. um so i think i was like 5 or 6 years old and it was at the old old house i lived in and my brother and me were at home and it was leading into the night. I think it was like three o'clock. And he's like, hey, I'm going to go to my friends. You want to go with me? You Basically, he should have just took me because I was young. And I'm like, I, I don't think so. Like, I don't really want to go because, you know, I was insecure at six years old. I want to be around people. I was already in that phase. Uh, but no, he's like, all right, just stay here. It was basically my brother's like, do you want to go or no? And I'm just like, I don't know. He's like, all right, yeah, just stay here. No. And then he left, and I was like, okay, so I'll just stay here by myself. My mom and my sister are going to come home a little bit. They went to go get groceries. I was sitting there in the living room, and I was scared. As soon as 10 minutes in, it was 10 minutes in, I was just freaking out. I'm by myself, but I was just scared. Like, I just feel something. I'm like, this is not right. I shouldn't be by myself. And I was sitting there trying to watch TV, and there's, like, a figure. And this is, like, this is me when I'm little. So, of course, your imagination, right? But I was sitting at an L couch, like an L-shaped couch. I was sitting directly in front of the TV to the right of me. There's like someone sitting. It's like a dark figure just sitting right there. And I could not look over. Like I was freaking, I couldn't You were like frozen? I was frozen. As soon as I heard my mom and my sister pull up, I just ran in there. But it wasn't like the whole time. It was like off and on. And I was just like, why am I here by myself? It was the most fright first frightening thing I ever had, and of course I was young, so it could not, it could maybe not be the truth, but I, I just I remember that I it's remember how, it's that how happened. you
0: felt, and it clearly was emotionally impactful. Did like the hair stand up on the on the back of your neck, and did what you know you just can't you just can't move? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, No, no, I just I could not move, and I remember just the way. I mean, it's just a figure like it was just sitting down in there. Yeah, right. yeah, no, yeah. I gotta go to okay. bed tonight. So. <laughs> All right, good night, James. Well, well,
0: remember that one time you were at the house, and uh, what, what's that show you, you, you watch with the guy? Ghost Adventures, Ghost Adventures, yeah, best show, and, yeah, and then like something fell down upstairs, and it doesn't make any sense. Like the girls oh, make a box, yeah. the entire thing fell down, and like, yeah, you have to push yeah. that thing. That thing's not light.
1: Everyone left. I was watching Ghost Adventures by myself again. You guys left me in the house by myself, and <laughs> And I was just watching and it was a really intense part. And all of a sudden the makeup, these boxes or these, these drawers you pull out, they're plastic drawers. You get them like 10 bucks at Walmart. Just the whole thing just went across the bathroom. Like the loudest noise I've ever heard in my life. Full I of makeup the hell too. That was. Yeah, that
0: was crazy. Well, Matthew with the supernatural, me with the reasons why I don't uh, intake mm-hmm. lactose, and I love cheese. But yeah, fuck no. See up. you later. Just taking up. was taking Well, thank you everybody who's uh, decided to hear some more childhood <laughs> trauma. You know, it's it's all part of the process. This is like our therapy session, the Suns Jam therapy session. So, mm-hmm. uh, but on that, note Jamsters. Again, thanks for joining us at the end of this game. Another dub for your Phoenix Suns. Not there unless you're a clippers fan which no one is uh make sure you subscribe rate review hit that thumbs up button while you're here stop by apple stop by uh spotify give us reviews there uh just help us out we appreciate it uh and on that note we'll see you on saturday
1: yeah go home love your family take care
0: everybody